Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer, and I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And in this episode, we're going to continue our examination of the fruit of the Spirit, found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Now, it's important to remember that all of them taken together constitute the fruit of the Spirit, and that all of them are to be and will be manifested in the lives of Christians when we follow the things the Spirit has revealed in the Word. We're going to turn our attention in this episode to patience. In the New Testament, there are two words that are translated as patience. The one appearing in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, is made up of mekros, meaning long, and thumos, meaning temper, hence long of temper, as opposed to being short-tempered. One with the characteristic of patience is long-suffering, forbearing, and slow to avenge wrongs. It is a quality attributed to God, and if we exercise this in our lives, then we will be that much more like our Creator. Let's talk about God's patience with man. In Second Peter chapter 3, verses 9-15, through 15, we read, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are destroyed in this way, What sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, on account of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat? But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless, and regard the patience of our Lord to be salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, wrote to you. Peter's point was that it was due to God's patience with man that we have had the time, the opportunity, and the means of salvation. If not for God's patience, we would have all perished, and justly so, long ago. In the Old Testament, God is presented as being merciful and slow to anger. In Nehemiah chapter 9, Nehemiah spoke of the wonderful things God had done for the children of Israel. He spoke of God choosing Abram, bringing him forth out of the Ur of the Chaldees, giving him the name of Abraham, making the land promise and giving to his seed the promised land. He spoke of the affliction in Egypt and of God hearing the cry of the people, and moving them to their land, dividing the sea and guiding them in the wilderness. 
He spoke of God giving them the law by the hand of Moses and giving them manna and water from a rock and all of those good things. But then in verses 16 and 17 we find, But they, our fathers, acted arrogantly. They became stubborn and would not listen to thy commandments. And they refused to listen and did not remember thy wondrous deeds which thou hast performed among them. So they became stubborn and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But thou art a God of forgiveness, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness, and thou didst not forsake them. That is the epitome of patience and action. In Psalm 86, verse 15, David wrote, But thou, O Lord, art a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. Turning over to Psalm 103 and verse 8, we find, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. To see this trait in action once again, we turn to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20, where Peter wrote, Who once were disobedient, when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3 may indicate that from the time the decision to destroy the world by flood was made by God until the time when it occurred was a period of 120 years. However long the construction took, we know that during the time that Noah acted as a preacher of righteousness, according to 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. God giving man the opportunity to repent, even though he had looked down, so to speak, and saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. Truly, it is only because of the patience of God that any of us have time to repent. Again from Second Peter, this time chapter 3 and verse 9, we find, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some counsel on us, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Looking at Romans chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, we find Paul writing, And do you suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment upon those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? God's patience is meant to lead individuals to repentance. When we come to understand God's patience toward us, we can see how very much we need this trait in our own lives. We must be patient with others even as God is patient with us. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48 in the beautiful Sermon on the Mount. He said, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you in order that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax gatherers do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore you are to be perfect, 
as your heavenly Father is perfect. Consider King David as an example of patience for us to think about. Saul was king, but he had displeased God through his disobedience, and God had declared that another would be anointed to take his place. Samuel was sent by the Lord to the house of Jesse that the next king might be anointed. The son of Jesse that was chosen by the Lord was David. He would be the next king, but the time for his ascension to the throne had not yet come. For a time, King Saul loved David and enjoyed and benefited from his playing of the harp. Yet David rose in popularity. Saul's jealousy was aroused, and he tried to kill David. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 6 to 11, and we can witness the deterioration of Saul's feelings for David. The passage says, And it happened as they were coming, when David returned from killing the Philistine, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul, with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. And the women sang as they played, and said, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. Then Saul became very angry, for this saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands, but to me they have ascribed thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? And Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on. Now it came about on the next day that an evil spirit from God came mightily upon Saul, and he raved in the midst of the house, while David was playing the harp with his hand as usual, and a spear was in Saul's hand. And Saul hurled the spear, for he thought, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped from his presence twice. When David fled from the presence of Saul, Saul gathered a group of soldiers to go out, find him, and kill him. David was forced to flee, go into hiding. Saul and his men did some terrible things in their zeal to get David. But now I want you to see patience in action. Here was one who did not seek immediate retaliation one who did not try to avenge a wrong done him. Here was one, David, who demonstrated that a man can exercise this attribute of the fruit of the Spirit. Turning to 1 Samuel 24, we're going to have a rather lengthy reading, looking at verses 1 through 12. There the passage reads as follows. Now it came about when Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took three thousand chosen men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men in front of the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheepfolds on the way where there was a cave. And Saul went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the inner recesses of the cave. And the men of David said to him, Behold, this is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I am about to give your enemy into your hand and you shall do to him as it seems good to you. Then David arose and cut off the edge of Saul's robe secretly. And it came about afterward that David's conscience bothered him because he had cut off the edge of Saul's robe. So he said to his men, Far be it from me because of the Lord that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him since he is the Lord's anointed. And David persuaded his men with these words and did not allow them to rise up against Saul. And Saul arose, left the cave, and went on his way. 
Now afterward, David arose and went out of the cave and called after Saul, saying, My lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the ground and prostrated himself. And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men, saying, Behold, David seeks to harm you? Behold, this day your, your eyes have seen the Lord had given you today into my hand in the cave. And some said to kill you. But my eye had pity on you, and I said, I will not stretch out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Now, my father, see, indeed, see the edge of your robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the edge of your robe and did not kill you, know and perceive that there is no evil or rebellion in my hands. And I have not sinned against you, though you are lying in wait for my life to take it. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. David did not seek revenge. He demonstrated patience in his attitude and actions toward Saul. David could have killed Saul. Surely such would have been a case of self-defense. He could become king. But David waited for God to bring him to the throne in his own time and in his own way. In his patience, David spared King Saul and eventually God brought him to the throne. What patience David showed. Let's talk about patience as it relates to us now. It is an attribute of the fruit of the Spirit and is based upon love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4 we read, Love is patient, showing us something very basic. In order to properly exercise the attribute of patience, we must have love within us. And that in itself is the most foundational and basic of the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. Patience is an essential characteristic of our dealings with our fellow man. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 14 and verse 29, He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick-tempered exalts folly. How many times have you seen trouble result from someone's quick temper? Again, from Proverbs, this time verses 15 and 18, we are told, A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger pacifies contention. Isn't this true even in dealing with each other within the body of Christ? Of course it is. How much strife has been stirred up because someone was hot-headed and quick-tempered and said some things that never should have been said because they felt the need to retaliate right away? How many times have we wished that we could take back words spoken in anger? Again from Proverbs, this time verse chapter 16 and verse 32, Solomon wrote, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. In the New Testament, we find Paul exhorting Timothy and us by application to exercise patience. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, Paul wrote, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. We will never be successful in working with people and trying to reach people and teach them without being patient. Move over to James chapter 5 verses 7 through 10 with me. Patience is vital as we labor for a harvest in the Lord. James wrote, Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil 
being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. You too be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not complain, brethren, against one another, that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. As an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. A brother or sister may say something that upsets me, something that I take personal offense at. I may say something that I did not properly think through beforehand, and it angers someone else. The question is, are we going to be patient, or will we respond in kind? Remember what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3? There we find, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Where there is no patience, there will be no unity, at least not for very long. On and on I could go, but it is time for a conclusion. We need to have patience in every aspect of our lives. We must be patient with events, meaning never lose heart because of external circumstances. We must be patient with one another, with people in general. We simply cannot afford to become bitter with people or lose hope for people. We can't run around seeking to avenge every little wrong and slight done against us. We all can manifest this aspect of the fruit of the Spirit by filling our hearts with the things the Spirit has revealed. Thank you for listening. Words to think about.